Hello, my friend. How are you? I hope you're having an outstanding day. This is Heather. This is the Back to Me podcast. This is episode number 124, and I'm talking with Tanya Biddle all the way from Australia. That's pretty far away. When I was talking to her, it was the next day. So that's pretty always pretty exciting to find out the future. But we're talking about the future. We're talking about, and this is so important that by putting yourself first, you can actually be able to balance out your whole life, your family, take care of your family, take care of everything if you are taking care of yourself. So let's talk about how to give yourself permission to be number one on your to-do list and let me know what you think. Take care. Hi, my friends. Welcome. This is the Back to Me podcast, and this is Heather, and I am super excited that you're here. You are going to hear some tips and some tricks and some ideas to help you live your happiest and healthiest self. I call it Back to Me because when you are taking care of yourself, Back to Me, then you can take better care of others, and we can all make the world a better place. This is Wellness Your Way, and I am super happy that you're here. I almost forgot. I just wanted to jump back in and let you know that I am having a free masterclass on March the 29th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and it is the six keys to unlocking your best life. So if you want to have some quick actionable items that can really help you get a handle on where you need to focus your attention and some first steps to get you going, join me at that free masterclass. The link is in the show notes and I will hope to see you there soon. Take care, my friend. Hello, my friend. Welcome. I hope you're having an outstanding day. This is Heather. This is the Back to Me podcast. This is the super amazing Friday edition of the podcast, which is my celebrity chat, which means I'm going to talk to an awesome human. And that is my favorite day of the week, as you know. And this week, the awesome human is Tanya, more than a mama. <laughs> I love that. Does the more stand for something, by the way? Um. Or do you just? Like- I, I did try. I have tried in the past to come up with some fancy acronym, but um, no, not so far. Just we more. can brainstorm just that more. later. We, we can. can. We'll, that yeah, later. we'll ask for feedback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Tanya, thank you, by the way, for. I guess it's you got up a little bit early for this. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Yep, it's a beautiful Saturday morning here on the Gold Coast in Australia, so I don't want to miss it. Oh yeah, absolutely, and. Um, what is what is more than a mama, by the way? What is that all about? It's a reminder. Um, more than a mama is a reminder to um, all the mums out there that there is more to your life, there is more to you than um, the sacrifice and suffering that we have convinced ourselves is necessary to to be a mother. So. Right. It's, it's just about, you know, there is more to you as a person. There is more to your life. There is, there is more for you to do than to just be the mama. And I, I've, I always ask this question because I always find it interesting because there's always, <clears throat> there's always a story that comes with it of like, how, what brought you into this, this business, this, you know, you're helping moms 
put themselves ahead first and what brought you to that? Um, it was a combination of my own experience of, um, you know, putting myself at the bottom of my to-do list um, as pretty much as soon as I met my husband. Like he, making him happy was my only priority. And then, of course, when the children came along, it was the same for them. Um, what I didn't realise at the time was that um, I was convincing, like I had convinced myself that I was, you know, the lowest priority, but I was also teaching them that that was where I belonged as well. Right. And and so then, you know, it, it becomes a real vicious cycle. You, you're stuck in this place where you believe you're, you're the least important person in the family and you're teaching your family exactly the same thing. And after doing that for many, many years and lying awake, wondering, you know, if, is this it? It's like Groundhog Day. You know, every day is exactly the same. You go, you come last, you go without, um, you know, and it's a combination of, you know, believing that that's what I should do as a mum and, and you know, society's belief that that's what you should do as a mum. You know, everything is put on hold so that you can be the most amazing mum that you can be. And also, you know, spending time with other mothers, you know, standing on the sidelines of my children's sport and hearing them saying the same sort of thing that I was saying to myself. It was, you know, and it's probably one mum in particular that really sort of kicked me into, you know, wanting to be a life coach. And and she was, she was a mum, she only had one child, but she worked full time. And she's like, I've always wanted to to, you know, to write children's books or to, you know, to write poetry for children. And I've even got a friend who's an illustrator and, and I'm like, why don't you do that? She's like, oh, you know, I've got, got my son and I've got my husband. And, like, I didn't recognise that that person was me as well. I was like I was staring into a mirror and I couldn't recognise that at the time. But I was absolutely furious for her. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to, <laughs> that is not an excuse. Like, why don't you do that for yourself? But you know, I was doing exactly the same thing that she was doing. And so that was that was really what what fired me into sort of being a life coach and um, and going through my own process of, of personal development and rediscovery and and wanting to be more than a mama and more than a partner as well. And and so yeah, so it was going through my own journey and then wanting to help other women to to make that change as well. Right. And it is very mm -hmm. true. And it's interesting, like you said, you were teaching your family that that's what your place was. But you also, in some ways, like you're teaching your your daughters that this is this is your lot in life, my mm -hmm. dear. And oh, my gosh, I just I was always a bit apparently stubborn when I was a little kid and I wouldn't do what people told me to do. So I would probably would have stood back and go, forget it. And maybe that's why it's because I didn't have children. And that might be why I decided not to have children because I saw what happened. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And if I have to give up being my independent self by becoming a mom, forget it. I'm out. Psh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is true. Like you can see it every day. The poor stressed out soccer moms racing back and forth, trying to get kids to this, trying to get kids to that. And they are always last. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, how do you help people? How do you help people reorganize their priorities? 
it's a lot of um a lot of delving into like their self-limiting beliefs like I, and you know i think it all comes like it's it's multi-generational like you know i know that <clears throat> you know it's a stigma like my my mum um she definitely put herself last for us um and what you say is true you know with the lessons that we're teaching our children and and my daughter um that was one of the big things that you know that kicked me forward is like I don't want my daughter to to think you know to end up in the same situation that I'm sitting in you know here I am lying awake crying most nights because I'm absolutely miserable I don't want her to do that and I don't want my boys I've got two adult boys I don't want them to think that as soon as they have a girlfriend they're set like you know they don't have to do anything for themselves and they you know their priorities come first right. so when it comes to you know working with my clients it's it's really a matter of changing that belief system for themselves, um, helping them to realise that they are worthy, that they are worthy of, of having time for themselves and they are allowed to say no to their loved ones and, and helping them to rediscover who it is they are. Like, do you remember who you were before you had children? What did you like to do? What were the dreams and the plans that you had? And let's, like, breathe some life into those. And it's helping them also to understand that it's not, it's not a choice between being a mum and being an empowered woman. It's doing both, finding your own unique balance so that you can do both. Right, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's you can. I, I often when I talk to people, I talk about, and it's not always moms because I I talk about. Um, the, finding a balance between all of the parts of your life and you don't exclude one. So I usually, when I talk, talk about work-life balance because people are trying to carve this piece of their life off to the side and create balance. I'm like, well, your work is part of your life. So, you know, your work your or professional, your physical health, your relationships are going to be, are important to your financial emotional, spiritual. I talk about six of them. And it is so true. I mean, you can be happy with all of the parts, but they have to be in good, a good balance with each other. And I've always felt like it was like, where do you place your, what is the most valuable thing to you? What, what do you value? Do you value, you know, relationships, family, health, all these things. And then where are you putting your priorities? So I can see people could get a bit hung up there now that I'm saying it out loud, that if they say their number one priority is their children and they put all their, and their value is on their children, then they aren't valuing, valuing themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's what you were talking about with the, um, what was, what did you call it? Mindset? No. The uh, <clears throat> yes. Limiting beliefs. There it is. Thank you for remembering <laughs> what you said. <laughs> I did warn you in the beginning that I tend to get lost on a tangent, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. They're used to that. The listeners are used to that. And it's <clears> interesting <throat> also for, because you, I mean, the empty, I think I just thought of the empty nest syndrome. I mean, yeah. people forgot who they were and maybe they never got to find out who they were yeah. before they got married and had kids. And yeah. then suddenly they're gone. And what do you do with yourself? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Because you, um, 
you know, you re you realize um, when you're at that stage that you've had no purpose other than being a mother, mm -hmm. and and then you know what is what is there left to do, you know. Um, so, I think it's you know with with the women that I work with, it's it's getting into getting into their mind, getting into their heart before they reach that place. So you know when when those little windows of, of time start appearing, you know, when their kids are, are in high school, you know, when they're sort of 10, you know, 12, and for better or worse, they're starting to spend more time on their devices or more time with their friends or they're more independent. They don't need that, you know, that constant supervision anymore. Those little windows of time, you know, start appearing and sometimes go unrecognised and, and we we sort of try and make ourselves busy in those times doing other things. <clears throat> and so that's the time. They're the, the windows of opportunity to actually, you know, spend some time rediscovering what it is that you enjoy doing. Like is there a hobby that you want to take up? Is there a side hustle you want to start? Is there some study that you've always wanted to do? So that's that's what I help the mums do is recognise that those windows of opportunity are starting to open up and instead of, you know, grabbing a glass of wine and scrolling through Instagram on your phone, let's let's do something that is absolutely going to light you up. Because like you said, with the, the six areas of, of, your, of our lives that we focus on, the, the engine room, like the most important part of that, the nucleus, is us. Like mm -hmm. we're the ones that are feeding into each of those areas of our lives. You know, we can't, we can't show up as, as, you know, a valued employee unless we nurture ourselves and we can't be our, an amazing partner and mother unless we nurture ourselves. So that, that self-care is, is vitally important for every area of our lives. And self-care looks different for everyone, right? I mean, um, I think sometimes people get caught up in that, oh, that means I have to go to the spa or something. But some, for like maybe self-care, like for me, self-care is just going laying down for a minute. <laughs> really? I'm allowed to rest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I used to not do it. So um, I was talking to uh, a mama this week, actually, and she's she calls herself a mom printer. So she has a business and she has kids. So I said, it's like you got three kids. You got your husband, your kids, kids and your business kid. And where do you fit on that? And, um, you know, I, when I, I used to fight with napping, even when I was a little kid, I never wanted to nap. I don't know. It's the stubborn side of me. And, but when I suddenly realized that it was actually pretty awesome to nap, but to, to train myself, to get used to it, I had to go, I would lie down. I'd say, I, I would say to myself, I'm allowed to rest right now. And I'm going to let myself have 20 minutes. And if I, you know, I would, what I would say is I'll look at the clock in five minutes. And if I'm not asleep, I'm allowed to get up. But I would never because I would fall asleep because I was tired. But it was so funny that I like, I had to go through that process to give myself permission to lay down and take a nap and get rid of the stubborn kindergartner who thought, well, this is a waste of time napping. We should be playing. But, <laughs> um, I think that the exercise exercise, there it is, exercise of giving yourself permission is so yeah. powerful. 
Yeah, and absolutely. Then do it. And yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And that's that's definitely what I picked up on, like when you were speaking, is that permission. We do not give ourselves permission. Um, <clears throat> and then I think what we do is we we project that that lack of permission onto other people um, because we don't acknowledge that um, realistically, like our families aren't saying, no, you're not allowed to to rest. You're not allowed to do things for yourself. We're telling ourselves that, but we end up projecting it onto other people saying, well, I have to do everything for everyone and, and, and you guys need me to do this. And, um, and in this, in a sense, sort of sense that is true because that's what we've trained them to do. But the permission piece definitely comes from within first. Um, we need to, to, like you said, we need to train ourselves that it is okay to look after ourselves. And when you've, been in that process, that habit of denying yourself rest or time or, you know, self-care, um, it is, it's very, it's a hard habit to break. And it is, it's like, like you said, like give yourself 20 minutes to have a lie down and, 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 you know, you kind of have to force yourself like you would a toddler, like, no, you're going to have a lie down now. <laughs> yeah, I did in the beginning. Now I'm better at it. Like you can yeah. retrain yourself. It's okay. Even old yeah, dogs absolutely. can learn their tricks. And it's interesting you were talking about the windows of time because um, your kids want are becoming, and maybe this is a hard thing. I don't know. Maybe it's a hard thing. Your kids are becoming their own people. Yeah. And that has to be allowed to happen. So I know moms who can't stop being moms and not <laughs> letting their kids become people independent people so then that's like even a bigger cycle of putting yourself at the bottom because you're not even letting them develop yeah and yeah. it's I, I mean i i guess that's a you're so you're so used to that i have to keep doing it you don't know how to stop and yeah. step away yeah and i remember reading it's it was in a book that i read that will come back to me at some point it might have been in big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert and she at one point didn't know what to do with herself because I can see I've I've had some coaching clients who were just like I'm stuck but I don't know what to do mm. because they because their standard mode of practice was always doing 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 yeah. and then when you they don't know what to do they they're lost so um, her approach was just something curiosity. So if I, I guess this might be something that you use and you can talk more to it, but um, if they've never explored who they are and they don't even know where to start, just be curious about something, right? Mm -hmm. And then follow that trail and without, without caring where it goes, that's the best part. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's 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 like an adventure, um, an adventure into sort of you know who you are and what you like to do. Um, <clears throat> with my clients, I like to start with okay, so let's go back to what did you want to be when you grew, when you grew up? Like when you're a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up, and and why? Why why was that appealing to you? What is it that that's you know interesting or exciting about that? And so let's look at you know. Well, what feeds off into that? And then and and you just sort of give them those little little hints, little um, you know, 
little glimmers of, of, you know, paths that they could possibly follow. And I tend to find that, um, you know, that sparks their own curiosity. They're like, oh, and, and then they'll just go wandering down a path. And, and so we follow and we see where it goes. And then it'll lead off somewhere else. And it's like, well, I could, I've always wanted to do that. And I'm like, okay. So now we have, now we have a few little actions or steps to help you, you know, rediscover what is interesting, what lights you up, what, you know, what gives you, you know, heaps of joy and a bit of a buzz and, um, and then, and then it just starts and then it tends to snowball, you know, it's like, you know, I did that and no, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. And okay, but now I've, I've met this person and they do that. And so it's, it's, it's just giving them that little, you know, it's like giving them a flashlight in a dark tunnel. It's like, oh, what's right in front of you here? We just need to find out what's right in front of you. Right. And it's, it's a different way of thinking too, because if you've always been of the um, outcome mindset, right? So that goes back to permission again. You don't have to get anywhere in particular when you're being curious. And that's the great thing about curiosity is you don't have to do anything in particular. We're just looking around. Window shopping. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Window shopping for a better future. (laughs) Window shopping for interesting life things to think. I personally have too many. I have to. (laughs) prune some of them sometimes or put some of them on the shelf and tell them I'll go back to them later. But um, I know that it's sometimes it's hard if you've been so and so engrossed in something that when you come out of it, you just, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Where we're creating results for other people. It's like, you know, my child needs to be at this sport at this time. That is, that's the goal. Um, And so you know, you do whatever you can do. You sacrifice whatever you need to sacrifice to make sure that they that that goal is reached. And then the next goal is dinner has to be on the table at this time. And so, like you said, it's all results. We're all results based, and um, and it's just you know we get into this routine of, you know, you go through the motions to get other people the results that they need so that their life runs smoothly. But like you said, we're we deny ourselves the the adventure of of rediscovery. The it's it'd be interesting to take a survey of the sidelines <laughs> of the kids of the kids' sports games. Whatever happened to the woman who thought she would write a book and then you were so uh, frustrated with her she's, for not? She's, she never did. Oh, yeah. She never did. Yeah. So right. yeah. So that's you know. Um, that's I find that you know it's sad. It is sad, it's sad. but um, it's it comes down to. I mean, she ended up moving away. She moved back to. I'm originally from Canberra, which is sort of the the capital city here in Australia. Um, so she moved back to Canberra, and I'm I'm stayed up on the Gold Coast. So we've lost touch a little bit, but yeah, she she's still just the mama. <laughs> uh, and it's interesting. I was talking to someone earlier. Um, and actually I've talked, I've talked to quite a few people about this where the, the mind shift sometimes has to come with a health crisis, which is the worst, the worst way to approach it. (laughs) But, But I understand like sometimes 
the you you can't hear the message until you are forced and yeah. and in in a health when you're not well you can't do anything that you want to do you're you're being forced to take that time where if you could just uh approach it gently without being ill yeah <laughs> yeah that's exactly right and like my situation was similar. I didn't have like a, a health crisis, but I, I mine was more like, you know, a Mack truck. It's sort of like um, it's either things have to change or I'm, I'm divorcing my husband because it's all his fault. <clears throat> right. And, and, and I'm, I'd just be happier on my own. Like that's, that's, that was the, the situation that I was in. And, of course, it wasn't his fault. Like I had trained him to be the person that he was and, you know, the um it was just an unconscious agreement i did everything he did what you know he believed was enough and um and so that that was the crisis for me it was like my marriage is about to end and um and something needs to give and so yeah but you're right it's it's either it's it's often a health crisis where where we are forced um to stop um, because our bodies can no longer take any more of the stress and the pressure that we put under it to to do everything and be everything for everyone else. And it's interesting, like, and you see it a lot where the divorce happens because, I mean, the the perceived imbalance and the, the partner thinking, well, they never did anything to help me. And, of course, the partner didn't know. Um, but, and the, like you just said, you, you know, to take control I have to divorce and do this on my own but then your job would be even bigger because then you're the mom with the kids and nobody even doing anything to help out so yeah. it doesn't get better and I mean one of the things I always encourage people to do which is hard 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 is to take responsibility for your yeah. own your own mental wealth being your own happiness like <clears throat> the person with you isn't there to make you happy they yeah. can make you happy, but that's not their that's not their their job. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. And that's, I mean, the the official title that I give myself is like um, an accountability and empowerment coach. And that accountability part is is like you said, it's hard to do, but it's very important. And um, ultimately, you know, we are all where we are because we chose to be there. We'd probably, you know, some of those con like choices were probably unconscious choices, mm -hmm. but it is still a choice. And it wasn't until I sat down with a life coach of my own and all I did was complain about my husband. And she's like, you do realise that you chose to make his happiness your only priority. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's his fault. She's like, no. Did you guys sit down and have a conversation whereby he said, you will make me happy? And I'm like, no. She goes, well, there you go then. Like you chose. You chose to do that. And it was it was like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. I'm like, oh, my God, he's not the asshole that I thought he was. How about <laughs> that then? Are you still married? Yes. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's so interesting because I have had those conversations with people and they, and I think, so yeah, sometimes 
divorce is the right thing, right? Sometimes it is, you're just becoming compatible. But so yeah. many times the I've seen the partners blame each other for the situation. And, you know, I've wasted X years of my life. And I always say, well, were you chained? Were you held hostage? Just like what you yeah. were involved in that conversation, whether you had it out loud or not. Yes, that's exactly right. Wow. That is exactly right. Such a good question for your coach to ask you. So once she asked you that and you kind of went, oh my God, then what happened? Then, yeah, then there was a, a, a conversation with my husband straight after that. It's like, okay, like your happiness is not my responsibility. And of course he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he has no context, right? Suddenly you come home with this giant yeah. thought. He's like, yeah. why? Well, like, You're on your own, pal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so there was that conversation. And he's like, well, no, of course you're not. Because, I mean, that's the right response, isn't it? Like, no, of course you're not responsible for my happiness. But um, then, then there was years of work, years of work to retrain him. Because, of course, you know, the next question is, what does that mean for me then? Like, if you're not going to be responsible for my happiness, who is? And I'm like, uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so the, then it comes the retraining. And that, that's, that's a hard slog. That is tough. Like there's years and years and years of habits and patterns that are um, ingrained into our, you know, into our being. So that was then, and it's it's internal, like you're retraining yourself to change your behaviour and change what you believe and change how you think and um, and the same for him. So, yeah, so that was what happened next. And relationships, like I had this conversation with my husband when we started dating. We had this book called The 100 Hard Questions that we, oh, yes. right, we went through it actually just when we started dating. And I thought that was brilliant, first of all, that you get all those questions and you, so you get to know who the person is yeah. before you decide to jump in all the way. But we always have these conversations that relationships aren't just like you sign, you sign on the dotted line and then you just carry on. They always take work. Yeah. There's always work to be done. And that shouldn't seem like a detraction from, from having a relationship. That's kind of like the adventure of a relationship. It's a little bumpy sometimes, but you know, so is life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when you, when you haven't done that, and, and this is probably what you were alluding to when you haven't done that like groundwork and yeah. it's like you spent all that time and you've become so habituated in a way of being to, to suddenly go, hold on, that's not what I signed up for. We need to change the contract. Yeah. You need the lawyers in, you need them rewriting everything. And it's hard to change those yeah. habits, right? Just think of any yeah. habit you've tried to try to change, like not eating chocolate every night after dinner. That's a hard habit to change. <laughs> so changing your relationship habits takes good for you for slogging it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it must have been fun to, to like, it has to be fun to, to some extent or else nobody would do it, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And it, it, we, we kept um, having to remind ourselves that we were – we both wanted the same thing. 
out of this relationship. We wanted we wanted closeness, closeness. We wanted connection. We wanted fun. We wanted um, intimacy. You know, we both wanted the same thing. So when we created a future vision of our relationship, you know, for each other, when we were talking about this, it's like, well, I want this, and and I want to be able to do this, and I'd, I'd like you to be, you know, this is that you're the role that I see you filling in this. And so we were both on the same page. It's just that we were like trying. Um, you know, to, to get there by di very different paths. Um, and so it was, it was, it's all about, you know, that open communication um, and, and, you know, trying to make sure that we were on the same sort of page um, and both working towards the same thing. How old were your kids when you started doing that? Um, my kids were, my boys were about 15, 16. And they're 2021 20, now. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. So and it was it's hard for them to understand as well. Um, you know, I ended up going through a period where I was like, I, I just need a break. I'm moving out for a month. All right. Mm -hmm. I just need this is this is hard work. Like the the retraining my brain, the retraining his brain, it's hard work. And the resistance that I was feeling internally and externally, I was like, no, nah, I just need. We need time out. We need a time out. <laughs> so um, yeah, and and they, my boys, they they took that heart. It's like, what, what, like, why, why are you doing this? Like, this is, like, this, you, this is wrong. I'm like, no, it's not wrong. I need some space. I need some space for my mental health. I need some space for me, and and to help work this through. And so, because um, you don't realise um that you know when you train your children that you become that you're last that you know then when you know it's not only your husband that is affected when you start um you know starting to rediscover yourself it's your kids as well because you're now challenging their beliefs the beliefs that you've created within them you're now challenging them and they're like oh hang on and especially <laughs> at that age they're still sort of developing you know their own beliefs and their own understanding of how, you know, the boy-girl thing works and and so, um, yeah. And it is interesting. I can remember when, so there's six years between me and my baby brother and he came to live with me for a little while and he would come at home and say, what's for dinner? And I'd say, whatever you're making because he was so used to being home <laughs> And saying to my mother, what's for dinner? Poof, dinner would appear. I'm like, yeah. I'm not your mama and I am not taking care of you. So I think that was a bit of a, a wake up for him that I wasn't going to just step in. And I have seen relationships where it seemed like husbands just wanted a mama. But yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other topic. That's that is a whole topic. <laughs> Absolutely, that is. Yes. We're talking about how to make moms give them themselves permission to be on top yeah. of the to do their own to do list, yeah. and it's so. Once I think once someone can step into that place, whether they're mother or not, like anybody, once you can make yourself the priority and on top of your to do list, and be okay with that, and not feel guilty about it, and find the things that recharge you you have so much more capacity for the things you actually want to do. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. When and like you know, you, you hear the this term thrown around a lot. It's like when you fill your own cup, then you're you're you have a greater capacity to pour into other people, um, because we are so often like running on empty, and still slogging it out to you know try and do everything for everyone and um, and you know and on some level we're failing like we're we're not giving everybody a hundred percent of us because there's not a hundred percent to give if you don't have it to give i mean you you're you're not going to be able to give what and you'll always judge yourself on i should have been better because yeah. this 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 you know yeah um so you're judging yourself on not being able to give it all and you don't have anything left to give so there's your double whammy and yeah. um and I mean, your relationships suffer, your health suffers, everything suffers because you aren't just doing, it sounds simple. You're not doing the simple thing of taking care yeah. of yourself. It's, I know it's not simple, but there are ways to make that happen in your life, right? Yeah. yeah. We're proof. We're living proof. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, we are. You can do it. Yeah. Now, if people want to find you, where do they find you? Instagram's my favorite platform. I tend to be on there every couple of days. So um, find me on Instagram at Tanya Marie Coaching. I also have a website, which is TanyaMarieCoaching.com. So um, I'm sure you pop it into the Yes, it's in the show the notes, notes. Into the I'll, show notes. I'll make sure they are. <laughs> Depends on what platform they're on. It'll be, it'll be everywhere that this can be consumed there will be show notes for everyone awesome. so that yes, they can sorry. so that they can call you up and go tell me how you did it tell me how you got them to agree <laughs> right that's it that's it that's it exactly what do and i do <laughs> what do i do he's not listening well <laughs> there's ways so there um i'm always curious do you have a final word of wisdom for our friends out there my final word of wisdom is just it's not a choice between your family and your kids. You can do both. You can find your own unique balance and you can be more than a mama. More than a mama. Mic drop. Yay. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Tanya, so much for coming and hanging out and sharing your story because i mean so much can be learned from hearing how people got to where they are and yeah. and thank you for being open to sharing that i appreciate that very much thank you for having me i've absolutely loved this chat heather it was wonderful thank you so much awesome thank you and my friends out in podcast land take care of yourselves okay <laughs> have a great day i will see you again soon Hi, my friend. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you found it useful and you're like me and you like, like helping others, please feel free to share this. Just give it a like. Give it a comment. If you found something useful in it, there's a chance that someone else will find something useful as well. Also, if you have any questions at all, I can absolutely help and I would love to help you can email me at heather at prosperityflowcoaching.com. If you want more of this awesome content, 
You can follow me on Instagram, Heather Stewart Coaching. You can follow me on Facebook, Prosperity Flow Coaching. And I have a personal request. I want to help as many people as I can with these podcasts. And if you could give me a review, hopefully a good one, (laughs) if you could share, if you could send this out into the world, I would truly appreciate it. I hope you have an amazing day. And I hope that you find your way to wellness by getting back to me. Take care, my friend.